Good morning and welcome to Family Worship. How wonderful to have so many generations worshiping together here. And this morning we say a special welcome to those that are worshiping online with us. You know, it's so exciting to have children and teenagers and adults of all ages here worshiping today because, you know, it's important for our children to learn how to praise God in the sanctuary, as it tells us in Psalm 150. Together today, we're going to sing praises of old and songs of today as we um, worship together and learn all about God's love. I'm so excited that we're doing this study on the fruit of the Spirit and how great to start off today with love. You know, God created a world where we could have a loving relationship with Him. God is crazy about each and every one of you. You know, as you were sleeping last night, he was watching you, waiting for you to wake up this morning so that he could talk to you and you could talk to him and be in relationship with him. For all of our moms and dads in the room, do you remember when your baby was that precious newborn and you would watch them as they would sleep and you just couldn't wait for them to wake up so that you could pick them up? Well, that's God's love a thousand million times over because he loves you so very much. I love this verse in Zephyr. Zephaniah 3.17, and it says, He, the Lord your God, is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And I love this translation that says, He celebrates and sings because of you, and he will refresh your life with his love. Can you even measure and imagine how much God loves you? For example, I have some, uh, some measuring cups here. I love to bake. In fact, I'm baking a cake this afternoon. This is the largest one here. Boys and girls, could I measure God's love with a measuring cup? No, because Psalm 23 tells me, my good shepherd, he loves me so much, he anoints my life, my cup overflows. Can't measure God's love with a measuring cup. Mm, perhaps, maybe one of these. My dad is a great builder. He can build all sorts of things, and he measures things he measures twice, cuts once. I think that's what they say. But if I were to measure and stretch this all the way out, could I see how much God loves me by this? No, because God's love is higher than the highest heaven. It can't be measured. But maybe perhaps a, a watch. Sometimes we watch our watches to see if we're going to be late somewhere, or, or sometimes uh, we watch our watch to see if the preacher is going a little bit too long. Nah, but we can't use a watch to tell us when, God, when God's love is going to end because it is never going to end. I love how God calls us into a loving relationship with him. Jesus tells us in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. I love the message translation that says it this way, because a loveless world is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will be careful to keep my word. My father will love him and will move right into the neighborhood. Could you imagine if God was your next door neighbor? What if God actually lived right there in your home? That's right where he wants to be, right there making his home with you and having that loving, abiding relationship. So God created the world where we can have that loving relationship with him. He walked in the cool of the day with who were those first people? 
Adam and Eve. And still today, he walks with us. I love how early in the morning, I know he's right there waiting as we talk together and we walk together. He longs to be in that relationship with us. He shows us how much he loves us by graciously pouring blessing upon blessing upon us. And this morning, we get to show him how much we love him by how we praise him and by how we serve him. So now, let's show God how much we love him as we all stand to our feet this morning and raise our hallelujahs in praise to him this morning. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us this morning and not just worshiping, but worshiping together. Regardless of worship style or regardless of the service you go to or the ministry area you serve in, we're worshiping together this morning, being unified under who Jesus is, amen. Amen. Being that church that Jesus has called us to be, that unified church, to be one, the vision of Fraser. And I look out and it's an awesome sight to see an atmosphere created for families to worship together. On Sunday mornings, we're split up a lot, kids ministry, student ministry, groups, different services, but we've created a place this morning where we can worship. Kids, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and the congregation on stage in the choir, and it's such a beautiful sight to see us together, to see us unified. Thank you for being a part of it this morning. Thank you for letting us be able to bring our church together this morning at the 9.30 hour. Recently, we asked some of our kids in our kids ministry what they think love is. Check out this video. Love is a feeling that you have for other people. Love is loving your elders and everybody you know. It's just love that I'm feeling. It's just love that I've been searching for. Love is doing something for another person. And love means loving for others. I don't know. Love is an expression that you can tell your parents when you feel like they are doing something good for you. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Love is when you like someone for who they are. Love is what God wants you to do. Love is basically this feeling that you get whenever you really like somebody or you feel like they're taking care of you and they love you back. Love is an expression that makes you feel happy and safe. God is love. God is love for everyone. God is love. Love other people and everyone you know. Amen. Yeah. Oh, those children were great. It's good to be with you this morning. You know, we're talking about love. And I want to talk to our children and our teens, first of all, and just ask you this question. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Any of you? Yeah, you don't need to raise your hand. Um, I think it's kind of obvious. You, you ever not cleaned your room when your parents told you you're supposed to clean your room? Maybe take out the trash, pick up your clothes, wash or put away the dishes. Yeah, how about a teacher? You ever disobeyed your teacher at school? Mm, maybe talked when you weren't supposed to. Maybe didn't get your homework done on time. Yeah. Now, to the parents and adults here, you can probably relate back to those things, can't you? We all remember uh, those days. And you know, we don't have to look far in our own lives to see we still have some stuff in our life that we're kind of messed up with. 
I mean, the past couple days, did you just tell maybe just a little bit of a lie? Did, did you maybe share just a little bit of gossip about somebody? Yeah. Um, we all make choices uh, in our life, and we choose how we are going to respond to others, um, whether we're going to respond in a good way or maybe in a not-so-good way. Way. You know, we've heard from Cammie about God's love. God wants to have a loving relationship with us. That's why God created us. Um, he placed Adam and Eve in that beautiful garden that you talked about so that they could have a loving relationship with him. And God still gave them the opportunity to choose. He says, I want them to love me, but I want them to love me freely. Freely to make a choice to love me. They were in this beautiful garden, and God said, everything you see here is for you for food. All the trees, all the fruits, the nuts, the berries, everything that you see, all the plants, they are for you to eat. Everything except one tree. <laughs> that one tree, do not eat the fruit of it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it. One task. One thing they were told they could not do. Everything else was available to them. You ever had one thing that you were supposed to do and didn't get it done? When I was growing up, the chore I often had to do was to cut the grass. Oh, I did not like cutting the grass. You know, you have one thing to do today, son. Get the grass cut before we come home from work. Oh, there were times I procrastinated and put it off. There were many days that I prayed for rain. You know, let a storm cloud come and bring some rain, even if it's late in the afternoon, you know, so I can say, you know, I wanted to cut the grass, but it was raining. Most of the times, I reluctantly was obedient and did it, but there were times when I disobeyed and did do that one thing. I had one thing to do, and I wouldn't get it done. Adam and Eve had one thing they were not supposed to do. And yet, we know they did it. They ate from that forbidden tree. And what happened was that relationship with God was broken. Uh, that loving response that he wanted, that loving obedience to him, it was shattered. You know what we call that? We call it sin. Yeah. And because of that, all of us now have fallen into sin. We have all failed to respond to God's love that he had for us. Listen to these scriptures and see what they tell us about where we are in this situation. From Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who has gone? Who are the sheep that have gone astray? A few? Maybe many? It says, All. <laughs> we all like sheep have gone astray. And then in Romans chapter 3, verse 12, we find these words, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Again, how many? A few? Many? All. All have turned astray. We have all broken that response to God's love. Now what? Now what? God offered his love, <clears throat> and we refused it. How can we bear the fruit of love when we have been disobedient to God and we have sin in our life? Well, my friends, 
The good news is this is not the end of the story. So I invite you now, if you will, to stand as we sing together this beautiful hymn of our faith, Come Thou Fount. I want you guys to meet my Hannah Banana. She is my second daughter, middle child. She's, um, she's the one that gives me gray hair, but I love her so much just because she is my child. Only reason, just because she's my child. Now, when Hannah was five, she cut her hair, but she said the dog did it. <laughs> yes, our great Pyrenees climbed up on the top bunk, slid its paw into a pair of five-inch Fiskar safety scissors. Moms, you know what I'm talking about. And she cut her hair and the hair of about five Barbies. Hannah lied. <laughs> Do you think I stopped loving Hannah then? No, I still love her because she's my child. Now, Hannah's a tween, which is right before preteen, which is right before teenager. So sometimes when she doesn't like what I say, she rolls her eyes. Uh, she talks back sometimes. And when she gets really angry at what I say, she stomps down the hallway and slams the door. Hannah can be disrespectful at times. <laughs> Do you think I stopped loving Hannah then? No. I love her because she's my child. Now, Hannah's gonna be a teenager next, which means she can, might drive her car and break curfew. She might sneak out of the house. She might cheat on a test because it's easier than studying. She might, she might kiss a boy one day. Ooh, I know, Hannah, don't kiss a boy, at least not till you're 30. But <laughs> do you think I'm gonna stop loving her then? No, I'm gonna love her because She's my child. Now one day, Hannah's gonna move out of the house and she's gonna have a choice. She can continue to live her life the way that I raised her to live her life. She may decide that she doesn't wanna do that. She may decide that she doesn't wanna talk to me every day. She may decide that she wants to turn her back from me, not have a relationship with me and never speak to me again. Am I gonna stop loving her then? No. My heart would be broken, but I'm still gonna love her because she's my child. That's a lot like our relationship with God, isn't it? I mean, sometimes we lie to him, we're disrespectful, we're disobedient, and sometimes when we don't like what he says to us, we turn our back to him. Does he stop loving us? No. He loves us so much that he gave us a gift the gift of Jesus. First Peter 1, 18 through 19 says, for you know that God has paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. When Jesus died for our sins, it was for the sins that we committed in the past the sins that we're committing now and sins that we haven't even commit, committed yet. That's how much he loves us. Isaiah 44, 22, the Lord says, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. One word from Hannah, mama, and I would go running Lamentations 3, 57 through 58. 
You came near when I called you. You said, don't fear. Oh Lord, you took up my case. You redeemed my life. One word from us and God would come running. He loves us that much. I love Hannah simply because she is my child. And we have a loving Father in heaven who loves us simply because we are a child of God. Dear Heavenly Father, you are so gracious, so merciful, and so patient. We stumble time and time again, but you stand there, arms open wide, full of love and forgiveness, ready to let your redeeming love wash over us. We love you, Father. In your name we pray, amen. Well, good morning. I guess you called on to what we were doing, right? Uh, because we knew there were going to be children in the room this morning, instead of just preaching one long sermon at the end of the service, uh, toward the end of the service, we decided to preach throughout the service. We started off with Cammie uh, giving us a very important point about how God created us to live in a loving relationship with Him. Neil came up and told us that something happened, something went wrong. This thing called sin entered the world and that relationship was severed. But Sarah just shared with us in a very creative way that in Jesus, God has reached out to bring us back into a relationship with Him because He loves us. He loves us. I think this week is the perfect weekend for us to celebrate God's love as we are celebrating Memorial Day weekend. While we are celebrating and being thankful for all those who have laid down their lives for our freedom, and we are so thankful. Amen? amen. Yes, amen. We are also thankful as the church as we celebrate and are thankful for the one who made the ultimate and eternal sacrifice for us. You see, if it is true that we were created to live in a loving relationship with God, and if it is true that sin has separated us from that relationship, and if it is true that what Jesus has done has made that relationship possible, and that we have indeed come back into that loving relationship with God, then I believe it is also true that we carry an amazing privilege and responsibility as the church. And that privilege and responsibility that we carry is that we should pass on this love that we have received. Throughout this summer, we're gonna be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. We started with an intro sermon last week. If you missed that, I encourage you to go back and watch it and listen to it. But we're studying through this uh, summer the fruit of the Spirit, and it all starts with love. That is the theme for today. You see, it's love that leads us to be joyful. It's God's love that leads us to live a life of peace. It's God's love that in, uh, helps us and enables us to be patient, yes, patient with one another. It's God's love that leads us to be kind. It's God's love that leads us to be gentle and faithful. It's God's love that leads us to be self-controlled. And this love that we have been given, this loving relationship that has been passed on to us, we are now called to pass it on to others because the love of God is a generational love. 
It's never for just one generation. It is a love that we give away to those who come behind us because somebody, somebody has passed that love on to you. You're sitting here because someone took time to go out of their way to pass on the love of God to you in maybe ways that were different or creative or whatever they may have been, but somebody gave you that gift, and we are called to give that gift to those who are coming behind us. We hear this call in Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Notice this. It is our job as the people of God to incline our ears to hear God's word. That's our responsibility. But notice what he says. Verse 2, I will pour, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings uh, from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. Notice that. We're going to tell things that have been passed on to us. Verse 4, the psalmist says, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the coming generation the, of the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. Notice that. He said, we will not hide it. You see, you're either going to pass on this generational love that God has for us or by default, you're going to hide it from the upcoming generation, from the generation that comes behind you. You're either going to be intentional about passing it on as individuals and as a church or you're going to hide it, he says. And the psalmist says, we're not going to hide it from the children who are coming behind us. The question is, how do we pass it on? How do we do that? I think there are three things that are very important. I want to give them to you. The first one is this. If we're going to pass on this life-changing story, if we're going to pass on this life-changing love that we have received, the first thing is that we have to remember the story of Jesus. Constantly remember constantly remind ourselves of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So many times we get so used to hear, hearing the gospel message that we actually forget it. And it's our challenge to keep this story, the story of God's redemptive love in the forefront of our mind and we have to keep it in that place that it is above every other narrative, every other story in our life. The first thing we have to do is we have to remember the story of love. The second thing we have to do is we have to take time we have to take time. You see, time is your greatest currency. Not money, time. Time is the greatest currency in your life. And I believe that we have to take time to intentionally pause from our normal routine, which is what we have done this morning, to come together as a church family. We have to take time to pause from our normal routine to share this story with the next generation. And whenever I say take time, I mean two things. We need to take time to pray, and we need to take time to serve and volunteer. We need to take time to pray for our nursery ministry. Take time to pray for our kids' ministry. Take time to pray for our student ministry. It's easy to complain. Take time to pray. And then not only that, we need to take time to volunteer in our nursery ministry. We need to take time to volunteer in our kids' ministry. We need to take time to volunteer with our student ministries. I think first we have to remember the story, always keep the story of love in the forefront of our minds. Secondly, we have to take time to pray and volunteer so that we can pass that story on. And then the third thing we have to do is watch. Watch what God does through our prayers and through the seeds that we sow into the lives of those who are coming behind us. Watch what God does as we sow seeds into the next generation because it is amazing and beautiful what he does. Today, I think there's something that we must 
It's very important that we must understand. I think that one of the things that I learned early on in life, or early on in, in my Christian life, was that you cannot live off of what you did yesterday. You cannot live today off of what you did yesterday. And so many times we do. You see, all the prayers that Fraser has prayed throughout the year for our nursery ministry, our kids' ministry, and our student ministry, they have been powerful. And they have been answered in powerful ways. You see, all of the serving that Fraser has done throughout our years in our nursery, kids, and student ministry, oh, it's been amazing. Amazing fruit has come from it in beautiful, beautiful ways. But today is a new day. Today is a new day. There's a whole new group of kids and students that need us, church. They need us. And they need you. They need your prayers. They need your time. And they need you to know, they need to know that you care about them. And that you're willing to do whatever it takes to pass on the love of God to them. While I celebrate all that we have done in reaching many children throughout our amazing history, I believe the mantle of responsibility has been passed to this generation of people who call Fraser home. And now it is our job to be about the business now of strengthening families and supporting our nursery kids and student ministries while we continue to pour out the love of God with this love that transcends generations and changes lives through our prayer and our service. What I love about this morning is that we press pause on what we normally do. We just press pause on what we normally do in order for us for just one Sunday, just one Sunday, to come together in a way unlike we ever have or maybe haven't in a very long time. And I know that many people are on vacation and that's good and right and I celebrate that. Can't wait for mine, just to be honest with you. <laughs> I need one. But today we come together as a church. And as we come together as a church, as a unified church, as Tyler said earlier, my prayer is that what has resonated in your heart is that we are serious. We are very serious about passing on the love of God to the generations that are coming up behind us. And if we have to press pause from time to time to all come together and remind ourselves of God's love, then we will do that. It's that important. It's that important. My prayer today is that we did not walk into this worship space and say, oh, I don't get to worship the way I'm used to or the time that I used to. I'm so thankful. I haven't heard one complaint about that. Y'all have been so gracious. Thank you so much. Some of you may be planning to email me after the service. That's okay. You can just hold on to that. It's all right. If you do email me, it'll be okay. I got a special file for you. <laughs> Some of you will get that on the way home. It's fine. But you know, by God's grace, we're a big church. And the truth is, is that in a big church, you don't get a lot of these moments together. These moments where we can set aside time to all come together in one place, in one space, and worship as a truly multi-generational congregation. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for supporting our nursery kids and student ministries. Thank you for being willing to do whatever you can to pass on the story of God's love. Thank you.
You're welcome. <laughs> I want to close this in prayer, but I want to close and I want to say thank you to God for the time we've had together this morning. But I also want to ask God to help us. Help us always keep this redemptive love, this love that has changed our life in the forefront of our mind and give us the boldness to pass it on. And my prayer is that when we get to that end of that prayer, you would agree with me in that prayer. Let's pray. Father, first and foremost, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for this morning, just sitting in this room in this moment. For those who are watching online and on television who get to, to be a part as well, it is amazing. It is amazing. Lord, what we see here that is expressed is not about a style of music or a style of praying. It's not about different Bible translations. It's not about instruments. It's not about all those things we normally debate. Lord, this morning is about your church coming together in unity and saying that we have experienced a love that has changed our life and our eternity forever. And we take on that responsibility and that privilege to pass that love on to others. And so, Lord, that's what I ask for. I ask that we would be a church that would not hide your love from the generations that are coming up. Lord, may we look in the faces of our children and our teenagers and we hear a deep call, a deep call to pass on a love that changes our lives both here and forever. Lord, there's no other way. There's no other way to cure this sin problem that we have. Only Jesus, just Jesus. And so, Lord, may we give the coming generations Jesus. Lord, we love you. We really do. And we thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said,